So this week we are talking about hope. Next week is joy. And we're gonna have our little kids up here. It's gonna be a lot of fun, a lot of joy in the house. And then we're gonna do peace for all you hippies in the 60s. And then we're gonna end on Christmas Eve. We're gonna have Christmas Eve together and talk about love, right? It's gonna be a good one. And then we're gonna have our dream Sunday and we're gonna have a great time in the spirit, okay? So why are we, doing, why are we having teenagers talk about hope? This generation is notorious for experiencing hopelessness. In fact, studies are showing that this may be one of the hope, most hopeless generation in decades, maybe ever. I'm gonna show you some stats from the CDC, and these are stats pre-COVID, okay? So this is 2017 to 2019. And this is about depression and things that young people, teenagers are dealing with specifically, even before we all had that collective trauma from COVID. And this says, in, uh, for adolescents, depression, substance use, and suicide are concerns. Among adolescents aged 12 to 17, in the years 2018 to 2019 reported in the last year, 15% had a major depressive episode. 15%. So if we have... 30 kids in our youth group, that means at least a couple of them have had major depressive episodes. That's not just like having a bad day, okay? 36.7% had persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness. So that's more like, hey, I'm having a really awful day. Don't wanna go on. That's pretty, that's a third. 18.8% said they had seriously considered attempting suicide 15.7 actually made a suicide plan and just under 10%, 8.9% attempted suicide. If you work with teenagers or you have teenagers, that's not a shock to you. But for those who came from previous generations, then maybe. Why is that? There's a lot of suggestions. There's a lot of things that can be happening. I think part of it is just the fact that you're face to face with your competition in a ways that we never were. I didn't know if I was ugly or handsome. I never looked at myself. <laughs> I didn't have a smartphone, I didn't have selfies, and I certainly couldn't compare myself to every other 13 and 14 year old dude. I just had the guys in my own class. That was hard enough, let alone having the best of the best around the world in your face at all times to compare yourself to and to feel like you're worthless. To so see 13, 14, 15 year olds with YouTube channels making millions, if not billions of dollars and think, geez, what am I doing? I'm just trying to get through math class. (laughs) We are literally facing a pandemic of sorts. We're facing a plague of hopelessness. But let me tell you something. God's people in scripture were always warned when plagues happened. We are plague proof. I'm not gonna go into my story too much, but God literally told us to sell our event business in 2019, and then there were no events in 2020. And we were making money while the world was shutting down. I'm not saying, if that wasn't your story, I don't think, doesn't mean God wasn't looking out for you, but I really believe that God always gives people answers in the midst of plagues, recessions, and problems, okay? God is recession proof. The kingdom of heaven does not suffer recession. I don't care what the news tells you, conservative or liberal news, you guys, we 
have been given answers, not only for ourselves, but in scripture, they, the people of God were given answers, not only for themselves, but for others experiencing suffering, okay? So why are we, do we have our young people in this generation talking about hope? Because we don't have kids that are just struggling with this. We have kids that are overcoming their struggles with hopelessness. We have a plague-proof generation in the kingdom and it doesn't mean they don't go through it, they do. It doesn't mean they're not seeing the comparisons. It doesn't mean they're not having these depressed days. It doesn't mean they're not having these thoughts of suicide. I'm hearing from them that they are and they are overcoming and they are choosing to seek out hope in the midst of a hopeless generation. Right after we got back from camp, Pastor Natani shared her hope story. I, after camp, I said, hey, I just want leaders, I'm gonna take one, one week each and just share your hope story. And I've heard Pastor Natani, our junior high pastor, share before some of her stories, but a lot of times when somebody's learning to speak, what they do is they just kind of share, well, you know, I had a hard childhood, and well, you know, and they don't really say, but she shared. She opened up made herself vulnerable. And you know, there's something powerful when you open up and make yourself vulnerable with others. She shared her testimony. She shared about her struggles at, at that age. And it just like opened a floodgate. And she ended by saying, if you'd like to take the mic and share your hope story, I'm gonna open the mic right now. And I'm thinking like, there's no way, you know, teenagers, I have a preteen and he doesn't ever wanna share in public. He's like, no way. And all of a sudden, one by one, empowered by, their pastor's testimony, they began to come to the front and share the stories of hope. Oh my God. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, I had, I didn't know. And we're not gonna, you know, these stories that we're seeing on the videos came right out of those testimonies. Most of them came out that night. We changed some of the stories, some of the characters, some of the settings to protect the guilty, which is, uh, you know, some of you guys. <laughs> Because, you know, I'm a parent and what we say, it, you know, it affects our kids. We're worried about TikTok, but they're hearing us fight. You know, we're telling them, hey, get off your phones while we check ours. You know what I mean? We're telling them, control your anger as we lash out at somebody on the freeway. They're seeing us. And a lot of our, their hope stories come from seeing the struggles that family goes through at home and choosing to still hold on to hope, hold on to hope. So I think, and I believe that this generation, even though the world is experiencing hopelessness, even though the enemy is attacking, I think we have a group of experts in our youth ministry. These young people are teaching me and the other leaders about how to overcome hope because they're overcoming a hopelessness that I didn't have to deal with when I was a teenager and that many of you didn't. Their overcoming power is giving them the credentials to speak on hope in a way that I think is perfect cure for the generation that is suffering so much outside of these walls. What is hope? Hope is not the same thing as being sure, okay? You never say, I know this is gonna happen and I hope it happens, that's not the same. They're different parallels. Hope is not the same thing as unwavering belief. Hope is not something that we can stand on. Hope is rather something that we hold on to. 
That's why we put our faith and our hope in Christ because he's something that we can build on. So hope is like a rope that we're holding on to. Christ is the substance. Our hope is just what we're hanging on to, but Christ is the foundation. He's what we build on, okay? And that's where faith and hope differ. If you imagine a scenario, my dad was a paratrooper in the, he was in the 82nd Airborne. He had 30 jumps out of a perfectly good plane. Uh, and he trusted every time, he didn't really have a choice in the matter because he has a you know, sergeant telling him, get out of my plane. But he had to jump out of the plane and hope that the parachute worked. I've never done it. I told my boys when they're 18, if they wanna jump, I'll jump with them. I'm hoping that kind of age out of it and they, uh, they move on from it. But I told them, if you wanna jump, I'll jump with you, you know? Now, when you get up there, I imagine, <laughs> you're probably hoping that your parachute opens when you jump because God did not give us wings. When a bird, a mature bird jumps out of a tree to fly, they're not hoping their wings work. It's in their nature to fly but we, it is not in our nature to fly. And when we would, if we jump out of a plane with a parachute, we are putting our hope in the substance of the parachute to function correctly, okay? So that's the difference between faith and hope. Faith is the thing that works. Hope is our putting trust in the thing, okay? Now imagine if you're sitting in that plane and you're hoping it works, but then you never jump. Your hope is never tested. It doesn't work. You don't know, your hope is untested. So this is the formula then, hope plus action is what leads to faith, okay? Hope plus action. In fact, scripture tells us this in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, faith is the substance of things that are hoped for, okay? We hope that scripture is true. And I might say, well, I believe it and I know it. Maybe, <laughs> but a lot of us, we're still in the hope stage because if we really believed it, our life would look very different. We hope that when we, we, tr we share with somebody things that are going on, that they're gonna, they, we can trust them, that they're gonna keep it. We hope that God says that he's gonna do what, what he says he's gonna do. And that leads to faith, that builds on faith. So hope, is holding on to that, that uh, parachute. Action is jumping out the plane. And then when it works and we as humans are flying through the air, that's the miraculous that comes from faith that we didn't produce, okay? So hope plus action equals the faith that produces miracles. And this is important in a faith-based community, in a, in a community that believes that miracles still happen today. Because what I've seen is people sometimes come into a community like this and we just tell them, you gotta have faith. And to be honest, a lot of people don't come in here full of faith. Some of us have been doing it for decades and we're still building our faith. The Bible calls faith a gift. It says you've been saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God. Faith is given to us, but hope is something that you can hold on to. Hope is something that you can have. And when you partner hope with action, what begins to build is faith. It begins to build in your life. Faith isn't something we can choose to have. Faith is a gift, but hope is up to us, and now I know a lot of us this holiday season, for some of us holidays is happy, 
Some of you, you can't even wait. Halloween, kids are just leaving your door after trick-or-treating. You close the door, you turn around, and your wife is dressed in a red sweater with the Christmas lights waiting to go. Come on, some of you, you're ready to throw on the Hallmark movies and, you know, Frank Sinatra's playing in your house. Like, we haven't even had Thanksgiving yet. We haven't even had the turkey yet. And you're already moving on to the Christmas tree. I know there's some of you like that. But there are others, if we're honest, that the holidays are not a reminder of happy things. The holidays are a reminder of things that we don't have. Holidays can be a reminder of the family we wish we didn't have or the in-laws we wish we didn't have. And for some of us, holidays are a reminder of the finances we don't have. As a kid growing up, I didn't really feel poor. I didn't realize I was poor growing up till uh, I was an adult, (laughs) you know? But I remember being a teenager I think I was in high school, I think I was around 17. And I remember my mom sitting down, we were, you know, it was getting close to Christmas and there were no decorations, there were no presents under the tree. And my mom sat my sister and I down, she started crying. She's like, I don't want you to get your hope up. I just want you to know, you know, dad's been struggling at work. You know, I don't have a job and we're not gonna do any decorations or presents, but we just hope you know we love you. And for my sister and I, it was like, oh doesn't matter. As a teenager, you're kind of like, oh, I'm not going to get more socks. Not that big a deal, you know? (laughs) But for my mom, it was a big deal. And my sister and I, who already had jobs, we put some money together and we got presents for our family. And it was a kind of a growing experience for us. And someone's like excited for that one. Yeah, you know, kids can be responsible too. But let me tell you, I know we're having, the kids are doing the service, our youth are doing the service and they're giving you a kid's perspective. But let me just talk to some of you that are parents today. Because I don't know about you, but when when I watch a movie now, a coming of age movie, some of those old ones, you know, um, you watch Home Alone and you're not thinking about, that's so cool, he overcame the robbers. You just think, oh my God, imagine if I left a kid at home. Now we're watching these shows that were targeting young people and we're just thinking about their parents. You know, like, be nice, your parents are trying their best, you know? So as a parent, as somebody who was in ministry, as somebody who started his own business, as somebody who tries to be very entrepreneurial and creative, there were a lot of lean years. There were a lot of Decembers when we didn't have an extra couple thousand dollars for our four kids. We didn't have extra money. We were just trying to make it to the end of the month with our regular money. We didn't have money to be put in away necessarily. And man, I remember so many times it's like, oh, here comes the holidays. I know my wife's family, they love to give, they love to bless, they have such giving hearts. And it would become a fight between my wife and I, you know, cause she's like, well, we wanna do something. I was like, we can't, like, I, you know, I don't know what to do. I told, I told the church accountant not to pay me because I wanna make sure our staff gets paid and we're a little short because people are spending money on their presents. And it would just become this fight. And I would sometimes just go for walks and I would think like, oh, I can't imagine, like I want my kids to get everything they want. I don't want them to be spoiled, but this is my chance as a dad. I feel like a failure if I can't have special dinners, if I can't invite people, oh, come over, we'll make a big meal if we can't afford it. And man, I don't know about you guys, but that is way worse than being a kid and not getting presents. Being a parent and feeling like, I don't know if I can do the holidays. I don't know if I can afford Christmas. (laughs) Christmas is canceled. You know, well, there's literally the man, there's been some, there's been a couple years where like, I, I don't know if we can afford Christmas. I hope Santa all of a sudden is real or something, you know, like, <laughs> I hope. But I'm here to tell you this, guys. God 
will meet you at your hope. Okay? A lot of us as parents, we're not at the place where we're just like, no, let's just spend, let's, let's drop 500 bucks, whatever. Or like, we'll just give more and God will bless us more. For a lot of us, man, it's like, I hope this works. <laughs> I hope, God, you just make money grow somewhere. I know they say money don't grow on trees, but I can use one of them trees right now. You know, I hope, you know, when you're not the person saying, I'm gonna go to church and see who I could bless. You're going to church and say, God, can you give someone a prophetic word to give me some money or, you know? <laughs> There's a hope, but God meets you at your hope. It's not, the, he's not just being faith-filled. It's also being full of hope, and hope is in your control. Faith is a gift, but hope is up to you. You can choose to hold on or let go of hope. And I know it's hard. I know this season can be a reminder of everything we don't have because even as adults, we're comparing ourselves to other people on the gram or Facebook, if you're even older than that, you know, like, but still God, it uses a place of hope that we come to, to meet with you. God is a God of hope. And all throughout scripture, we see people who weren't powerful men and women of faith. They were people to just kind of hope that this whole thing worked out and God met them there. Let me tell you this, your hope is enough. If you're not at a place yet of, of being able to tell the mountain to move and it moves, if you're just holding on to hope, God will meet you there. Single moms, my heart for you. I know sometimes you're holding on to hope and you're feeling like, how can I do this? You weren't meant to, hold on to that hope. God will meet you there. Dads who feel like you're not enough, you didn't get to make the right choices as a young person and now your family's suffering. Hold on to hope, God will meet you in the midst of that. And when I look at scripture, I see it filled with people who all they had was hope. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, who for some reason in church, we use their Babylonian curse names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they, there was a time when they were confronted with a corrupt government, a corrupt king who said, bow to me or burn. And they said, we are not gonna bow to you. We hope that our God saves us. Look it up, they weren't sure. They're like, and if he doesn't, we're still not bowing. They took their hope, they put it to action. And they're like, we might just burn to death. Sometimes following God looks like that. Yeah. I'm gonna pray, see what happens. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna help out. I'm gonna meet with this person. I'm gonna take that job in. I don't know what's gonna happen. I hope it works, but I'm gonna do something and believe that on the other side, God is looking out for me. And God met them in their place of hope. They were ready to be burned. And not only were they not burned, the Bible says they weren't even singed. They didn't even smell like smoke after like Brother Joey does after he cooks some ribs on his offset smoker. I just wanted to toss one to the back. They didn't even smell like smoke and they were in the midst of a hot burning furnace. Not only that, not, God didn't say, you don't believe, you're not sure. He didn't challenge them. He, said, he met them in their place of hope and not only were they not burned, but it said the angel of the Lord was in their midst. It said somebody that looks like the angel of the Lord. The people around observed that God was with them. Scholars believe that it may even have been a precarnation of Jesus who hadn't walked the earth yet, but yet he took the time to come down from heaven and sit with these three men who were willing to hope that God would rescue them. 
Amen. Your hope is enough. Not only that, speaking of fathers, there was a father in scripture who had a son who had been tormented. He suffered from seizures. I don't know if it was just me- if it was medical or just demonic, but he definitely had a demonic oppression and the demon would taunt the family. Mm, that's a whole message in and of itself. The demon would taunt the family and this guy took his son and took him to the disciples for prayer and it didn't work. The disciples of Jesus prayed and nothing happened. You ever been there? <laughs> you ever prayed, God, I need you. And then nothing happens. You're like, cool, I guess this didn't work. The parachute didn't go off, you know? Desperately, he came to Jesus. And this is what it says in Mark 9, chapter 21. Jesus looked at the father and said, how long has this been going on? And the dad answered, from childhood. Mm. Some of you parents know. From childhood, this young man, his whole life, the enemy's been after him. Your prodigals, your teens, right? Your adult children. (laughs) The enemy was after him. He's telling Jesus, from childhood. And often he's thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. His papa heart is breaking. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. That is hope language. That's not faith language. Right? The centurion in the other scripture said, hey, Jesus, you don't even need to come. Just give an order. I know how this works. Give an order and it'll be done. And she's like, ooh, that's some faith. <laughs> this guy, not so much. He's just like, if you could spare anything. He said, I've seen you doing these healings. I talked to your disciples. I didn't want to bother you. And they couldn't do anything. I don't know how this whole thing works, but I'm desperate. And I hope you have something for me, just some scraps, maybe just like not the fire, just do something. I'm desperate. Some of you guys know what that's like. Some of you moms, some of you grandmas, praying for your kids. You're not even, you don't have prayers of faith yet. You're just like, please God, don't let them die. Please God, please. And Jesus told him, If you believe anything is possible, and immediately the father of the child cried out. It's so easiest for reading scripture. And immediately the father cried out. Picture that. Immediately the father screamed and said, I do believe, but can you meet me where I stop believing? Can you help? I I I know. I've seen I saw what you did for them. I don't I I think it's possible. I believe, kind of, can you, am I still, is this good enough? I kind of believe. And Jesus didn't say, come back when you fully believe. He told the rich young ruler, sell everything because he knew he was trying to prove himself religiously. The rich young ruler came to him and said, do I qualify for heaven? By the way, the answer is yes. And Jesus like, no, you gotta, you have all the stuff you're holding on to. He's like, you don't know Jesus. And he walked away and Jesus didn't stop him. But this guy says, I don't, I kind of believe. And Jesus met him right where he was. His hope, your hope is enough. Jesus, in fact, yells at the disciples and says, your faith is still lacking. 
And then he tells him, it's enough. And he starts to pray over the boy. The boy falls, everyone thinks he's dead. And Jesus grabs him by the hand. He does the work, just like he did with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Meets him at his hope, picks him up. The boy's fully recovered, free of the demonic oppression. This wasn't a story of faith. This was a hope story. And lastly, with the founder of the Christian church, when Jesus said, I'm gonna build my church on you, he called out Peter. His name was Rock, Peter. And God called him and, there was, and he said, you're gonna follow me even though you have a dirty mouth, even though you're rough around the edges, even though you probably, I, I imagine Peter is, you guys all have that one friend who sends you the memes. You're like, dude, bro, are you saved? You know, Peter was a little bit of a rough guy. But one day on a boat at night, they see a ghost. That's what the Bible says. It's like, they saw a spirit. In fact, it doesn't say spirit. I forget the word, a phenomenon or something. They saw what they thought was a ghost. And they're like, oh shoot, there's a ghost. We better be careful. And, Pete, and they think maybe it's Jesus because he's done some crazy stuff. And it's dark, it's stormy. It's, there's out of control. These aren't like big yachts. These are things getting tossed. And Peter looks out and he, he said, Jesus, if that's you, you call me to you. That's hope language. Because faith would have been like, oh, there's Jesus. I'm going to him. I'm getting out. Woo, I'm going to run. He's like, Jesus, is that you? I hope it's you. I hope you call me out. And I hope when I step out, I can walk. And Jesus said, he met him in his place of hope and said, Peter, come on, you got this. And you guys know the story. Peter got out full of what turned into faith, his hope turned into action, produced faith and the supernatural happened. Only two people in recorded history walked on water. One of them was the son of God. One of them was this guy that was in a hope place. He begins to walk on water. And of course, as he looks around, he remembers I hoped if I gave him the offering, I would be enough, but we're getting to the end of the month. It's not enough. I don't want to call my in-laws. I don't want to, I don't want to put more credit. I don't want to more, oh. start thinking, you know, start comparing. We're under control. We apologize to our kids. We did all the things, you know, we took a identity class. We started going to a life group. We've been worshiping. We had a good meeting with God. And then our kid came in and he just, oh. and all of a sudden it's like, forget it. It's all out the window and we begin to sink and we lose hold of hope. Now again, Jesus could have been like, yeah, I see what you get, <laughs> just let him sink. That's not his heart. He didn't judge him. He said, Peter. And what Peter said, in fact, in his desperate moment of hope, pulling the line of the parachute says, Lord, save me. He cries out. Three of the most powerful words you can ever say in worship. Lord, save me. That's not faith. He's not moving in his kingdom authority over nations. He's just like, I'm drowning. Save me. And Jesus met him. His hope was enough. Okay, I know we're a house full of faith, but we're probably also have some homes that are just holding on to hope. And I'm telling you, your hope is enough. God will not shame you. And he picks up Peter just by the hand, just like he did that boy, just like he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> he holds Peter by the hand, picks him up, and walks him where he couldn't walk. He says, I know you're not ready to walk. He's like, you're gonna see some things, Peter. Just give it, a, give it some time. But he walks him. 
like he's walking some of you right now. Some of you that don't have the faith yet to do miracles. It's coming. You'll get there just like Peter did. But right now, if all you have is hope, it's enough. And God wants to meet you at your place in hope. And we're gonna, we're gonna close this portion with this verse, Romans 15, 13. If you're not yet convinced that God meets you in your place of hope, Romans says this, now may the God of hope, he's the God of hope, fill you. This is my prayer for you guys. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. He knew about our series, so. <laughs> joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.